One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Potiva. Hello, Divas. Hello. <laughs> you're listening to Pod Diva. If you're an LGBTQIA plus woman or non-binary person, this is your weekly podcast. I'm Rachel Shelley, and this week on the Diva Debrief, we're celebrating not only the new October issue, which is fabulous, by the way, all about Black History Month, but also by Awareness Week in the lead up to Bisexual Visibility Day on Friday, September 23rd. It's a busy old week. I have with me two integral members of Team Diva, Nick and Ellie. Would you like to tell our listeners a little about yourselves? They've probably heard you already. You've done all these fantastic interviews over the last year. Nick, if you go first. Hey, my name's Nick. I'm Diva's staff writer. I'm 26 years old. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm a gender fluid bisexual living in Bath. Excellent. Ellie. My name is Ellie. I am the junior staff writer at Diva. I use she, her pronouns. I'm bisexual. I live in London and I'm 24 years old. Brilliant. Now, the idea this week is to look at the magazine through the perspective of two bi people. And in your case, Nick, through the perspective of a person of colour too. We have the amazing Emily Sande on the cover. I love that cover picture. I'm looking at it now. It's beautiful. Is Emily someone, Emily Sande, is she someone who's been important to the two of you over the years? Yeah, I remember when her first album came out and when she played at the Olympic closing ceremony and the opening ceremony, sort of growing up, my mum used to play her. I thought she was a really bold example she'd never sat out like within the boundaries ever I don't think I remember her speaking about training to be a nurse and kind of giving it up to follow her dreams and I really respected that when I was little when she came out it was just amazing an amazing piece of inspiration there how about you Nick yeah I've always um loved her music and especially obviously my family were always playing um read all about it me and my stepmom have had some really great conversations specifically about that song but I didn't know too much about uh Emily's life and then reading this cover story was really moving and I really resonated with when she speaks about feeling like an outsider in rural Scotland because I grew up in Cornwall which isn't Scotland but is rural (laughs) Yeah, watching her journey and reading about how her journey to self-discovery was really, really moving and listening to her music throughout the years has also been very moving. It's just been lovely, especially with her latest album and music video, seeing her, yeah, really happy and coming into herself. So in April this year, she came out as queer. She hasn't settled on a label. She's hard launched her girlfriend on Instagram. What was the song, Nick, that you mentioned there? Yeah, read all about it. Especially I remember my... My stepmom would like uh, just watching her be really empowered by it. She'd like sing really loudly, like walking through the house. What's the message of Read All About It? I we, we viewed it as it's been like all about being unashamed of who you are. 
not being so concerned of what people say about you. It probably means a bit slightly different to us because we're not a sort of like famous musician. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, at heart, that's a really good message. That's a very strong, empowering message. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Next week, you can hear more from Emily Sande as we have her full interview with our editor, Roxy Bordion. So listen out for that. And of course, get the magazine, look at these pictures, read the interview. As we say, we're focusing on the magazine this week, looking at it through the bisexual lens. Nick, you are, and this is where Poddiva digs in quite deep, you are a gender-fluid bisexual person of colour. Now, that's a lot of labels to have slapped on you. If you're comfortable, can you tell us, do you sometimes feel the weight of that, especially working on a magazine like Diva. Oh, definitely. Like living between the binaries threefold is definitely an interesting experience. I used to view it as a weight. I'm definitely embracing it more. Um, Yeah, working in LGBTQIA uh, journalism is definitely interesting when you're intersectional. There's always something going on in the world and often it's like intersectional in itself, but sometimes it's like you're seeing all of like the different reactions more so than you would if you weren't working in journalism, if that makes sense. I think this is an ongoing conversation that we have a lot about labels and this idea of whether there is a weight to them and whether the ultimate goal is to not have labels. Different people have different perspectives and for some people a label or an identity, whichever way you want to term it, is very important and gives them freedom and gives them strength. It's an interesting thing to examine. Nick, you went to buy Pride. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, oh my gosh, yes. It was unforgettable. I've never been in such a space. Well, I've never been in a space where the spotlight is on bisexuality at all. It was really magical and every performance was spectacular. And also it was really nice to like connect with the community in the flesh. Obviously, I started working at Diva. We're all in lockdown. So a lot of the interviews have been via Zoom. I've spoken to Sadie Sinner and Kima Bob before, but meeting them in the flesh, they were even more magnificent. And it was just a really joyful, delightful day. Oh, that sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. And luckily, you did some recording and interviews for Pod Diva whilst you were there. And we've woven it together, sprinkled some magic dust on it and made it into a feature. So let's have a listen. Hi Diva listeners, this is Nick and I'm here attending my very first Bi Pride UK. I'm here in London and I've come all the way from Bath because this just means so much to me. Everyone is all dressed up and celebrating. So much by joy. It's so great to see. This is the first time in my life I've seen this much by joy and celebration in one place. I'm curious to find out what's brought others here today. Hi, my name's Becky. My pronouns are she and her. My name's Lene. My pronouns are she and her. My name's Trinity. My pronouns are they, them and she, her. Amazing. And can you tell us what bi pride means to you? For me, it means everything. I've really struggled with my sexuality for so many years. I'm edging towards 40. And when I was younger, bisexuality was always seen as being dirty or promiscuous. Very recently, I've had girlfriends and boyfriends. And when I was with girls, I always thought, well, I must be gay. And when I've been with boys, I've thought, well, I must be straight. And then eventually realised, well, actually, it means I must be bi. 
because I like both. It yeah. means everything to me that this is celebrated, my sexuality, who I am, and being my authentic self. Amazing. Yeah. For me, Pride is another way to be unapologetic about who I am and to be surrounded by other people who share the same mindset is really empowering and liberating. It makes me more confident in who I am and what I want to put out to the world and I'm happy that I can share that experience with other people. Yeah, I agree completely. I think by pride as well, it's one of those where you're kind of told like, oh, okay, does this mean you're gay? Does this mean you're straight? Like, what, what is this? And I think as, as well as the gender crisis, you also have the sexuality crisis. It's being able to accept that you can be something outside of those definitive lines and that there's something that actually you don't have to choose one way or the other you don't have to be this specific thing you can just be what you want and that's okay and places yes, like this right. make that okay honestly yeah. as well i was really excited to see everybody else who was going to be here and all <laughs> i'm seeing everyone looks so good yeah. everyone looks so incredible yeah and actually we've all said by pride feels really different because yeah. You feel like you can be unapologetically yourself. It feels and, like yeah, people that authentic. are here are here because they want to be here, not yeah. because there's an obligation. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah. And do you have a message for any bi listeners? <laughs> don't be afraid. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, it's and don't good. feel like you have to be something you're not. Like, yeah. if you don't know, you don't know, that's also okay. If you feel you're bi, you're bi. If you feel you're gay, you're gay. But don't feel like there's an obligation or a, a necessity to have a label or a thing that you have to be. Amazing, well said everyone, thank you. And then do you all have an act that you're really looking forward to see tonight? I think we all want to see Victoria's going. Yeah! Put your hands together and go absolutely wild simultaneously because I know you can do more than one thing at a time. For the oh so delicious, she sells watches, it's Victoria's going! Thing, you have to be equally this or equally that, and it's such a spectrum of things. So it's nice that 
there are so many people here from all over that spectrum to just sort of be like whatever you are, whoever you are, whatever you identify as. We can all be here and just celebrate our like authentic selves without feeling the need to conform to one idea of what being bisexual is. And can you give us any teasers about what we have to look forward to tonight? Ooh, <laughs> well, I've tried to include songs in my set that I think fit the theme of, of being bi. I like to sing songs that are like that are originally sung by men about women or written by women about women or about men about men. And so I like to mix it up. I think mine are very upbeat. So hopefully we're gonna get everyone on their feet and have a good time on the party. Wow, Nick, it sounds like a lot of fun, a total celebration. Someone said in that report about not keeping inside the lines of labels. What do you two think? Is the goal to reach a place where there are no labels and you don't have to identify? I mean, you don't. You don't have to anyway. But is that the goal to get there? I mean, to me, that sounds like success where there, you know, labels are unnecessary and everyone is just fluid. But maybe the two of you feel differently being from a much younger generation. What do you think? So I think labels are really interesting because I love labelling myself as bisexual, but I also really like queer. And I also see gay as a sort of umbrella term as well. Some people might have different opinions and views on that. But labels are interesting because for some people, they give a sense of certainty and a sense of identity. But that's not necessarily a one size fits all comment. If someone doesn't know what to label themselves as or what they really see themselves as, you know, maybe Emily Sunday, she doesn't want to label herself because she just is who she is and I think that's really beautiful. And I think definitely we want to be moving towards a place and a world where labels aren't important. So we see it a lot with, you know, Harry Styles in particular, the media are always hounding him down saying, how do you identify? What's your label? Come out, come out. And I don't think that's fair and I don't think that's progress. We want to get to a place where we say labels aren't important to the world. But if you want to label yourself and you think that's liberating and cathartic, then sure, amazing, good for you. Yeah, great. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. For any Heartstopper fans, Kit Connor, who plays Nick Nelson um, recently, at the time of us recording this, has left Twitter because of the pressure put on him to label himself. And I think that, and especially in that context, I, I believe he's either 18 or 19. Not saying that people at that age don't know who they are, but everything's evolving all the time. My labels might change. I'm I'm 20, how old am I? I'm 26. I'm 26. <laughs> and my labels will probably change like throughout my lifetime. If labels empower you, then they empower you. I definitely, they definitely empower me, sometimes not as much. But I also think that just be open and let everyone do what works for them. Yeah. If, if we're talking about our own personal labels, middle-aged white woman, straight, mother, 
<laughs> None of them sound that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like they identify me and yet I am all those things. So Nick, in terms of you know what you said about Kit Connor leaving Twitter, uh, Kit Connor from Heartstopper, I think that's you know totally yeah a point of discussion because he has felt the weight of carrying that representation, that bisexual representation through Nick's character, which is a really valuable piece of media representation. I know that it's valuable for me. You know, I felt represented in through that. He's he's left, he's been accused of queer baiting, and I don't think that's fair. You know, it's the same thing with Harry Styles, he's been accused of queer baiting, but who are we to say, like, hold a gun to someone's head and say, how do you identify? The world wants to know. It's kind mm-hmm. of quite mm. interrogative. It's threatening as well. As you say, things change. Would you define queer baiting for me? Bob Diva. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, so queer baiting means teasing the community the lgbtqia community with either you know representation that isn't properly given so like for a while killing eve was accused of this of not giving um villanelle and eve's relationship the proper rep by teasing and saying oh look you know there's queer themes there's queer tropes going on it gets a bit more complicated when it when it comes down to sort of harry styles and Kit Connor. So I guess in those circumstances it would be that they've been accused of queer baiting because they're like profiting off or like not giving their labels if that makes sense I don't know Nick if you would describe it in a better way it's quite hard to yeah no no it's a it's a complete I think it's a hard thing to define because like I feel like it also means different things for like the different circumstances so it's basically sort of luring in the in the case of Killing Eve luring an audience in because they know it's a great audience to have LGBTQIA community is such a passionate community, as we know, when it gets behind a show, when it gets behind a singer or a performer or anyone in the arts, they're really vocal and they're very passionate in their in their support. The Pink Pound, 
is a very valuable pound. Also in the October issue, Ellie, you interviewed the amazing Shirelle. How was that? Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, it was amazing. Shirelle, for those who don't know her, um, everyone should know her. She is a DJ and she has founded her own record label called Beautiful, all caps lock Beautiful. And that is kind of aimed at giving back to the next generation of DJs and electronic music producers. So she's currently working with the academy that she's kind of producing as part of beautiful to give workshops and training to younger people who might not have access to the same resources who want to go into radio who want to go into djing and she's collaborating with you know loads of people including sort of miramasa and things like that giving not just technical instruction but also historical and theory side of things so she you know they're teaching the history of electronic music because she feels that it's been whitewashed and actually black queer folk have been really central to electronic music people like Sylvester she's amazing we had such a great chat well Ellie your music understanding is is very deep so Sherelle talks a lot about queer erasure in music what are your thoughts on that Ellie yeah so Sherelle is all about making sure that people know and people are represented in terms of the history of electronic music um you know obviously Sherelle is a DJ she was trained through represent radio I believe and has really had that invaluable experience and she really spoke about the importance of remembering that actually electronic music is really represented as something that is very white male dominated and that's actually not the case you know if you look back to the actual pioneer the godfather of Chicago house Frankie Knuckles black queer man Sylvester black queer man you know amazing stuff and we we forget about this well we don't forget society instructs us that that's not what electronic music is but actually Shirelle wants it to be for everyone to make sure that where there is a lack of funding for things like community radio and education in the music sector she wants to correct that and make sure that people have their space to not only tell their current stories but also to correct where society goes wrong on the past. That's fascinating to me. That's and thank goodness that there is a platform for her to put this forward and to change things. And it takes me back to a quote at the very start of Diva magazine this month. Five quotes from black queer story makers. And of course, one of them is Lady Phil, because she's awesome and we love her. And she says, I remember the time I was asked at an event, and I think I was at that event, what do you fight for first? I said, I can't answer that question. I don't believe our rights for equity for black people trump gender or being queer or non-binary. It's all part of that experience. You fight for it all. In the feature about bi pride, Nick, someone met, someone that you interview mentioned bi dating and said it had a reputation for being promiscuous. Is that something either of you have experienced, that sort of reputation going into dating and going into this article about dating online? In, in my personal life, I haven't experienced much experience with this type of biphobia, mainly because I probably didn't come out when I was like dating certain people. Um, and then when I ha- did date people, they, I happened to also go on dates with people who were either bi or pan. So it was just lucky in that sense. But I remember in school before I came out, like, the one person who was bisexual and out, like people would always be like, oh, this person's really greedy. And so I knew like from quite a young age that there was like this stigma attached to bisexuality. I've not had any sort of comments directed towards me personally about being bisexual. I've had a boyfriend for three years, but I think definitely I worried that 
you know, when we started dating, because I went through a period where, you know, I dated lots of girls and I had a girlfriend before I had um, my current boyfriend. But yeah, I definitely was worried. I was anxious about it. I thought, what if he thinks or if his friends thinks like, oh, she'll just leave you for another woman. But luckily he's been really supportive. So I've not experienced that, but it's definitely a worry. And I think that says something about the way society views bisexual people as being promiscuous or greedy or not able to commit. And that's certainly not true. And of course, we think of dating mostly as a young person's activity. It certainly seems like 10 lifetimes ago since I did any of that. (laughs) I think this next feature, our Beyond Borders feature, This piece comes from West Virginia in the United States and Jerry has been an incredible supporter of Pod Diva and Diva magazine over the years. It was a real pleasure for me to put this piece together as a sort of thank you to her for all her positivity, general good vibes on Twitter. Have a listen. We can talk a bit about it. There's so many beautiful things in the woods and all that you can see, you just gotta look for them. Now here on the farm, I enjoy going back in the woods. I like to look for for unusual pieces of wood that have fallen out of trees, dead pieces or whatever, and I like to create things. (laughs) My name is Jerry Ayers and I am 75 years young. My mind is very young. I'm hip, I think I am anyway, hip and cool and all that, but my body is shot. (laughs) Well, anyway, I was born in Alexandria, Virginia, down in Old Town to a single mother. I lived there until I graduated from high school and moved to New York City for a little while. Let me say something about high school right now. Back then, we had to walk to school. It didn't make any difference if it was two miles or how far away ways it was. We walked. We could not wear any pants, shorts, culottes. We had to wear dresses or skirts, which sucked. So Judy and I met in high school. I was the president of the Folk Music Club. I played guitar and I sang as I still do. I used to play at a lot of the rallies in Washington, living in Alexandria, the Martin Luther King marches and things. So I was part of that and I was very proud to be part of that. I started playing in Judy's band. She lost her lead guitarist and I started playing lead guitar. You are the love. We officially became a couple in about 1965, and we had a lot of friends when we graduated from high school, but most of them were straight. Back then, you you could not give a hint or a clue to what was going on. You'd lose friends, and still, when we went out, we would get stares and looks. We actually lied to a lot of our friends about our relationships, and it's too bad we couldn't have been who we were back then, but at least we got a chance lately to be who we were. We used to go to some bars over in Washington back in the mid-60s. 
One was called Johnny's and the other was Joanna's, and they were on opposite corners of each other. Now, Johnny's was the guy's bar and Joanna's was the girl's bar, but you could go in either one. You are the woman, beautiful woman that I love. 1975, Judy and I bought a house and we both had long-standing jobs. We both made good money and we both had perfect credit. But we put our application into the mortgage company. They, they came back and denied us. And I asked, why did you deny us? And they said, well, because you're two women. Now, this was 1975. Two women couldn't buy a house. So I started carrying on about it, telling them it was discrimination. After I fought it a long time, they eventually let us have that house. <laughs> and as a member of the LGBTQ plus community, I just beg all of you young people to please stand up for your rights. Do it in a peaceful way. Stand up for your rights and who you are. You have the right to live your life openly and freely. You know, we've come a long ways, but we've got a awfully long ways to go. And it seems like sometimes that we take two steps backwards. So I just beg and ask that all of you stand up for your rights peacefully of course. And around the year 2000, I really started getting tired of the city around where I lived in Northern Virginia. We bought a farm in Central Virginia, only about 90 miles from where we lived. And we would come down on the weekends and go back on Sunday nights, sometimes Monday morning, but I was shot on Monday mornings if we did that. We lived in the farmhouse and had a barn built and fencing put up and I started raising goats and I just loved my goats. They were so wonderful. Man. I love my goats. And right now we have chickens, cows. I don't have the goats anymore. Man. Dogs, cats, you name it, we've got it. But Judy got sick around 2009 and she had colon cancer and it spread to her liver. And I knew that Judy always wanted a log home. We sold our house in Annandale and built Judy's log home. It took over a little over a year to build it. And they weren't done by kits. They were all done by, by hand, so not, no kits. So anyway, we built Judy's log home and she got to spend three and a half years in that log home. And I was so happy that she did because I made one of her dreams come true. And on all of her trips to get her chemo every week and all that stuff. I never left her side, went into the doctors with her, so. And about eight years ago, I lost my companion, my wife, Judy, and we were together for 49 years. You are the love. I am very, very lonely right now. Was feeling guilty for a long time. You know, Judy was a love of my life, but I and I hope this helps somebody else. But I realized that Judy was the love of my life, but she was the love of my life back then. Now I have a different life, so 
I'm hoping just one more time in my life to fall in love and find that love of my life right now. Just one more time in my life. Beautiful woman that I love. We don't have a large gay community. As a matter of fact, we really have none around here, but I'm very close to Charlottesville, and there are a couple of older lesbian sites that I can get on and do activities. So I'm very, very grateful for that and I'm beginning to meet new people and to get around a little bit after this pandemic so I'm very very happy about that. I want to thank the Diva UK for all they do for our community. You ladies are just wonderful. Support us. God bless to all. Love you. This is Jerry Respects. Signing out. You are the woman, the beautiful woman that I love. Yeah, I really enjoyed this feature. I really loved the, um, at the beginning, sort of the walking through the woods. That was amazing, kind of adding that rural setting there. But I think it's really interesting always hearing voices from the US because you know we're really quite similar as as countries you know we have a lot of cultural differences but kind of reminding us all that we are more similar than we think we are and I really enjoyed hearing Jerry's input you know about growing up in the 60s and moving to New York finding herself moving from West Virginia that was really interesting and really valuable to hear. Mm. Yeah what did you think Nick? It was very emotive and it gave me the feels not not only what it's like to experience and also to lose true love um but also there was the importance to like all come together like a lot has changed but the importance to all come together for lgbtqia rights and it it does often feel like we do take a step forward and then also take two steps back powerful beyond board segment for sure i thought so and i thought it was really quite beautiful at the end when she says you know judy was the love of my life but that was then she wants to get out there again and she wants to have that feeling again and the power literally the power of love at any age found that very moving so thank you so much jerry for that and if you're listening from somewhere around the world and would like to feature on a beyond borders then get in touch so by representation talking about the big shows that represent this i know ellie that you have written previously about the l word and by representation there. Obviously, the new season is coming out soon. I have a very special relationship with The L Word because I didn't watch it for a long time. I felt a connection to it as a queer person, as a queer woman, because I feel like it's a rite of passage, you know, because obviously it's called The L Word, and I wasn't sure if it was for me because I'm bi, and I thought, oh, I don't know, am I represented there? But I think it's amazing what we see in Gen Q, the relaunch, um, with Alice's character in particular, because she kind of comes out in the first series as bisexual, but then it's kind of not like approached again. Like she dates a man in season one, I think. That's it, she's not bi anymore, and it's not really kind of referenced, and then she refers to herself as a lesbian and things like that. But I think it's amazing because in, in season two of Gen Q, she starts dating Tom, which is amazing. So we get that representation and we get the bisexual lighting come through. She's got a little bisexual flag on her desk and things like that. And I think there's a lot more fluidity with this generation. So the third season is coming out on the 18th of November in the US. Fingers crossed for a UK release date soon. So I felt just really represented by the new series. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when we were shooting the L word back in the day, I think a lot of it is just there was always so much that the team wanted to put in. There was never enough time to tell every story as thoroughly and as deeply as they wanted. But yes, it's great that that representation is coming back with power in Generation Q. Nick, there's a couple more articles that I wanted to ask you about. One is Kima Bob, who you've introduced me to here. I've already gushed so much about Kima Bob, but there's never too much. Her Fuck It Up podcast, which is a celebration of comedians of colour who are not cis men. It's so, so great and great listening if you're looking for another podcast to tune into. And she's a self-described horny pansexual, a hilarious comedian, and as it turns out, brilliant at giving life advice. So I really loved interviewing her for this issue and finding out about her ultimate guide to life. So funny. I loved that. I loved all those little best advice ever and being your own savior i loved all that really spoke to me good advice queer wisdom it's funny and it's she looks amazing yeah her photos are amazing and she always looks so cool yeah defining success your way that's something that i live by i think it's like you celebrate your successes however small they are you made a great cup of coffee that's great you know sometimes you get it wrong like she says you paid your bills this month. Hooray! It's a celebration. Your other article, Nick, is the one at the very end of the magazine, which is quite a serious piece, but really quite important, I thought. I thought it really sums up what we've been talking about here, this intersectionality, experiences, a beautiful article. It's very personal. How is that for you to write that sort of stuff and put it in a magazine and to share things that deeply first of all tell us a little bit about the article yeah so um in the article like trying to unlearn the fear of being deemed as unintelligent and where that like starts from i talked about being from cornwall earlier being cornwall and having like a different accent and then code switching and jumping forward and backwards kind of looking at the black lives matter movement and how like the learned behavior of being very palatable so, so that you'll be listened to, so that you'll be taken seriously. And how to unlearn that. Obviously, it's Black History Month. We should be remembering Harriet Tubman all year round. But especially like this month, she was illiterate and she, has achieved, she achieved things in her life that are just unbelievable. And so thinking about her in this article as well. Tell us a little bit about Harriet Tubman for those listeners who maybe haven't come across or, or don't know everything about her. So Harriet Tubman was born, we think, in 1822. She was enslaved in, in Maryland, USA. The exact number of people who she freed, some people will say 70, some people will say 300, but whichever it is, it's an incredible amount of people. And to have done that is just um, almost unbelievable. And she's one of the greatest thinkers ever, in my opinion. So that's why I paid tribute to her in this piece. Incredible, mm. incredible. What a woman. Sounds like an incredible woman, and she lived to a ripe old age of 90, 91. Yeah, that's incredible. Old. That's really old for that era. Yeah. Nick, Ellie, thank you so much for joining me on Pod Diva this month. It's been a really interesting insight to get your views on the magazine in this Bi Awareness Week and in the lead up to Bisexual Visibility Day and also Black History Month. Thank you both so much. What have you got coming up on Pod Diva for us later this month, Ellie? Yes. 
I interviewed Sherelle and Abisha for the October Black History Month issue and they are coming up on Poddiva in the next few weeks. Brilliant. What about you, Nick? What have you got coming up this month? I got the chance to talk to Elliot Salt, who is, is the star of Fate the Wink Saga and that's coming up in a couple of weeks for a special coming out day episode. So very excited about that. Definitely stay tuned. Brilliant. There's a lot to look forward to as always on Poddiva and in Diva magazine. And what's our little word that we all say together? Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) When I'm editing, I'm always hearing you guys go, amazing. 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 Yeah, no, I say it so much. It's amazing. Amazing. Thank you, divas, for listening to Pod Diva. And we'll see you again next week. Bye. Bye. Pod Diva. Thank you for listening to Pod Diva, queers for your ears, in association with Diva magazine, the world's leading brand for LGBTQIA plus women and non-binary people. Please listen and subscribe on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Diva Magazine. You can email us at editorial at divamag.co.uk. Share the love by leaving us a review. Pod Diva, queers for your ears. Pod Diva. 